everyone, and welcome to another episode of Double FM Sports. I'm Todd File. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jeremy Zarek. And today we are diving into the annals of NBA history, grading each draft pick. Not each draft pick. That would take me. Yeah. Each um, number one draft pick from 1980, the 1984 draft to the 2019 draft. Um, so buckle up. This is going to be a fun ride. Um we may or may not get through all of it in this episode, um, just because we have a tendency to run long. So if we are running a little long, um, we'll cut ourselves off and resume in the next episode. So um, I guess with that, uh, we'll get right down into the meat of things. And we're going to go straight to 1984. Um, I, I do want to point this out real quick. Um, we did kind of have a little bit of a... I don't want to say disagreement, but like we didn't exactly judge them with the exact same criteria because then we would have gotten the exact same answers for everything. So there is going to be a little bit of, you know, different aspects that each one of us looked at that might have made us pick that, like that decision. Right. And I mean, that's us anyway. So um, that's what's part of what's going to make this interesting. So. Let's get down into this. Um, 1984, number one overall pick is Hakeem Olajuwon, gets drafted by the Rockets. Um, other notables in the draft class, we're talking Michael Jordan at number three, Charles Barkley at number five, and John Stockton at number 17. How well, do you guys hold, feel hold about Hold on, that? excuse me, uh, 16. Did I not say 16? You said 17. No, it's the same thing. No, I, we need to keep ourselves honest about stats here, fellas. I know I'm no, one of passionate because it's John Stockton. Yeah, yeah, if it was anybody other than John Stockton, you wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how do we feel about Hakeem Olajuwon here? Um, I mean, I said that it was a pretty good thing. I mean, yeah, I did Hakeem Olajuwon was you know, an all-time great. However, it was Michael Jordan's draft class. I mean, Michael Jordan's arguably the greatest of all time, in my opinion, the greatest of all time. So I would have gone with him because it's just, you know, it's Michael Jordan. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I mean, although Kim Lajon was a really good player in the NBA, I mean, it, it's Michael Jordan. You Like, regardless, you just can't pass that up. He's like, the best player of all time. You just can't pass it up. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we probably should have prefaced this beforehand, but I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, and so it's easy for us to say Michael Jordan is best player of all time. Um, but, I mean, even if you look at what they have on paper as a lineup, um, in the 83-84 the to season, so the season leading up to this, um, they had an all-star in Ralph Sampson um, playing center. You really don't need a center. He's putting up 19.7 points a game um, and when he was in Houston. So, honestly, Michael Jordan makes sense because the guy that they had playing shooting guard is only putting up 14.8 points a game. That is also very true. I do remember looking at that. So, I mean, 
not to knock Hakeem Olajuwon, but I think all of us are pretty much in agreement. If you have Michael Jordan, you take Michael Jordan. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 1985, Patrick Ewing, the uh, Hall of Fame center, gets drafted by the Knicks. Other notables in the class, you have Hall of Famer Chris Mullen, Detlef Schrempf, Carl Malone, also Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer Joe Dumars, and Manute Bull. Um, I said that it was, again, kind of like the first pick. Another really good pick. I mean, again, Patrick Ewing, pretty good center. I think we can all agree. However, they did have a center who had 16 points per game and eight rebounds. So, I mean, that's a pretty decent center, and there was no real good power forward which, you know, the second on the all-time score unless Carmelo would have definitely been a good fit, I feel like. Although Carmelo would have been a good for, fit for them, I'm happy the uh, the Jazz decided to take him. We know you are. Guaranteed. That's, that's one Utah Jazz comment for today. Uh, um, I only get one a video now. Is that how this is working? Hey, we have to limit you somehow. Okay. Um, five, the first one. I mean, um, what I see here is, yeah, like JR was saying, um, Patrick Ewing isn't a bad pick here. I mean, obviously he's a Hall of Famer. Um, and center, whether or not it's a need or not, is debatable. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely a huge hole at the power forward position where someone like Carl Malone could really step in and fill that. I also see potentially a hole at point guard. Um, their point guard, Daryl Walker, was only putting up um, 10.6 points per game, at least when he was with the Knicks. So someone like Joe Dumars coming in there, I don't know. I feel like that would also be good. But I don't really see a whole lot of problem with Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. All right, uh, 1986. Brad Darty, um gets drafted by the Cavs. Other notables in the class, you have Del Curry at 15. Um, Arvidas uh, Sabonis, the Hall of Famer, um, at 24. Mark Price at 25. Hall of Famer Dennis Rodman at 27. Jeff Hornacek. Um, Hall of Famer Drazen Petrovich, Kevin Duckworth. Yeah, I mean, not the strongest class ever. Um, yeah, but definitely some Hall of Famers in there. Um, uh, okay, so this also was, I mean, this, I feel like this is kind of a, this is a really big what if, but this also was the class with Len Bias, who was arguably going to be the next, you know, Michael Jordan when you look back on it. So, I mean, I thought that's a big what if for what you were selecting if, you know, all the stuff in his career happened or if it, like, you know, wouldn't have happened that caused him to die with the, you know, drugs and stuff. Right. Would he have been a better pick? I thought that's kind of a big what if with this draft. Yeah, um... I mean, um, I mean, Brad Daughtery, I mean, he didn't have a terrible career. He had a, an average career, I guess we could all agree, right? I'd call it more 
than average. He was a five-time All-Star. Yeah, he was a pretty he was a pretty good player back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he played eight years in the league. I mean, yeah, he was. He was I'd say he was decent. I mean, I I'm. I mean, obviously, when you have when especially when you have like Dennis Rodman, maybe you have to think about that. But I don't know. I mean, yeah. Um, the way I see it is, this was kind of a tough one for me. I feel like, yeah, there's definitely a reason to take Brad Darty. Um, you replace someone like Melvin Turpin, who's only putting up about 10 points a game. Um, so there is a need for a center. There's also really a need for a point guard. Um, so maybe someone like Mark Price. Um, Wait, didn't uh, Mark Price we... end up on the Cavaliers, though? What do you mean? I, I swear Mark Price ended up on the Cavaliers. He could have. Um, I'm not sure. But, um, and I mean, if he does, then maybe that's a good thing for the Cavs. Um, I also see a need at power forward. Um, so maybe you take someone like Dennis Rodman. I don't know. Yeah, he did. He played at 1986-87. It says he played for Cleveland. Huh. So... They did get someone at point guard. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, 1987, Hall of Famer David Robinson gets drafted by the Spurs. The Admiral. What? The Admiral. That's his nickname. Yeah, it is the Admiral. Um, he also... This is worthy of note. He did not play his first two seasons because he was doing naval service. Um, but other notables in here, you have uh, Scotty Pippen, uh, Horace Grant, Reggie Miller, Muggsy Bogues, uh, Sarunas. I can't read my own handwriting, but he's a Hall of Famer. Um, and Keith, uh, Kevin Johnson. So a lot of higher profile names. Yeah, I mean, I I thought the um, Robinson pick was a good pick because eventually, when we get down the line, especially um, into the late nineties, they they pick up another very strong player and they create like a very successful duo out there. Um, I mean, obviously, like Scottie Pippen, um, one of the greater players we we've seen in the league. So yeah, there's a lot of good players in this draft. I would have still taken David Robinson though. Yeah, I gotta agree with that. I mean, when you look at their roster at the time, the you know they had a pretty solid team for number one pick. I mean, when you think of a number one pick team, they're usually on the not so good end of the scale. But the Spurs team was all right, and I thought David Robinson was a very good addition to the team, especially when you look back on his career. So I like to pick. Yeah, I mean, I like David Robinson here. Um, this is hard to grade because, I mean, because of the two-year gap between David Robinson getting drafted and actually playing. So, like, when he's drafted, you have the Hall of Famer Artis Gilmore playing center. I mean, we're talking about an 11-time All-Star here, but he leaves the Spurs before David Robinson starts playing. So, I don't know. I see that as potentially a wise investment. Um, yeah. I mean, you also have a hole um, at power forward um, and some other holes in the team. But I don't know. I like Dave Robinson um, as a number one. Yeah, I do too. 
I mean, he he had a. I mean, uh, again, it's it's kind of like Brad Daughter. He had a decent career. He, was a, he played in the league for fifteen years. Um, Two time All Star. He was a sixth man in nineteen ninety seven. Um, averaged fourteen points a game around. Shot fifty one percent from the field. I mean, he was a decent player. But then again, when you when you look at Mitch Richmond, um, six time All Star, Hall of Famer, um, averaging twenty one points a game. And near four assists, so I, I mean, I would have, I would have personally taken maybe Mitch Richmond there, but that's yeah, just I me. Agree with that. I mean, like Todd said, it wasn't the strongest of draft classes. No real, you know, highest names that popped out nowadays that you immediately think of. You know, star. I mean, obviously, like you said, Mitch Richmond was a pretty good guy, pretty good player back in the day, but I don't think his name, when you hear it, you think, oh, that's that really great basketball player, unless you're a real big basketball fan. But that's besides the point. I think Danny Manning, again, all right career. I think Manning was an all right pick, but I feel like I would have gone with Mitch Richmond, you know, looking back on it. I'm actually going to disagree with both of you. I, I like Danny Manning here, and here's why. Um, Mitch Richmond, yes, great player, but he's a shooting guard. And at this point in time, the Clippers had Mike Woodson as their shooting guard, who, when he was with the Clippers, was averaging 17.5 points a game. You really don't, I mean, he's your strongest player on the starting five. Really, your hole is at center and power forward. So I would honestly take someone like Danny Manning, who's a power forward, and was putting up about 19 points per game when he was with the Clippers. Definitely a fair enough argument. Yeah. It's fair. I, I just think some. I think sometimes it's better to take a player rather than a position. But I mean, yeah. But it's definitely how you put into it. You know, you got to think about it when you're looking at who you want. I mean, if... You got like Michael Jordan on a team and Kobe Bryant's here. You know, you got the first round pick and Kobe Bryant's in the draft. Looking back on it, you'd be like, oh, take Kobe Bryant. But if you got Michael Jordan, are you really going to, like, right. to an extent, the position is important, I feel. Yeah. Well, and maybe you can play around with it and put maybe Kobe at, like, point guard or something like that. But if you. If you have someone who's, like, an absolute star, like, I don't know, like, Hakeem Olajuwon, who's still in that draft and would be a really good fit for your team, you you take him regardless of whether or not Kobe is in there. Yeah. Um, anyway, 1989. The man with... The most unfortunate name in sports, <laughs> Purvis Ellison, gets drafted by the Kings. 
um, in a draft class with uh, Mookie Blaylock, Vlade Divac, uh, the Hall of Famer, Sean Kemp, and Sean Elliott. Um, again, Purvis, yeah, Purvis Ellison, the name, obviously, doesn't help him there, but, um, especially guys like, you, you've got guys like Glenn Rice, Tim Hardaway, Sean Kemp in that lineup, so, I mean, obviously, Purvis Ellison obviously didn't have the greatest of careers, and Sean Kemp seemingly had a very good career, so I would have personally taken the uh, six-time All-Star and three-time All-NBA player Sean Kemp. That is also the way I went. I mean, like you said, didn't have the best career. Sean Kemp had a you know, pretty great career. Obviously, I feel like he's, for lack of better words, better half of the NBA of all time. So, I mean... Sean Kemp's who I would have gone with. Yeah, I mean, I could see Sean Kemp here. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's it's harder for me because you have Otis Thorpe essentially playing your power forward position, um, and he's putting up 15 points a game. So, and... I mean, sure, you you do need a center, so you could maybe put Sean Kemp in that center role, but um, I would honestly take Lottie Deepak. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, um, and you really... I mean, you were talking about it with the Spurs, but honestly, this Kings team, I look at these like this starting five, and besides Joe Kleina at center, it's really not a bad team. So... You put um, Vlade Divac in there, who ended up with the Kings anyway later on his career. Um, I don't know. I think that's a better Kings team coming out of that. Um, I mean, again, I don't think there's really any big debate with what you're picking. Got to be real here. That's one of my favorite names in uh, the NBA. <laughs> so I definitely don't have a problem with you going with that guy. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. All right. Um, 1990, we have Derek Coleman gets drafted by the Nets. Other notables in there, Gary Payton, uh, who's the Hall of Famer, Tyrone Hill, Jason Williams, and Antonio Davis. I mean, Derek Coleman, I mean, a decent career, one-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA. He was the 1990 Rookie of the Year. And he was a 1990 All-Rookie. And he averaged over his career 16.5 points and 9 rebounds. So, I mean, um, there you, you you got a solid career. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously you got a guy like Gary Payton. And you also have like... Well, I don't know if there's anyone else good in this draft class. <laughs> yeah, pretty much Gary Payton. So, I don't... I didn't really look at the net. How was the, how the net's point guard situation at this time, Todd? Um, your point guard is um, Connor, who has the most unfortunate nickname in sports <laughs> that I'm not going to name because it's that unfortunate. Um, and he's putting, at this point in time, he's putting up about eight points a game. Okay. Well, um, so maybe... I'd say you put someone like Gary Payton in there. Yeah, and obviously... Yeah. Gary Payton, a um, lot of stats, um, 16 points a game, four rebounds, seven assists, 
Um, nine-time All-Defensive player, um, nine-time All-Star, and a Hall of Famer. So, and one of the greatest trash talkers that I ever I've ever listened to. Yeah. <laughs> um, I gotta agree with. I mean, Gary Payton, obviously, a really good player. However, I I might be mistaken, but Mookie Blaylock was on this team. Now he turned out to be a pretty decent player. I think, right? Yeah, Mookie Blaylock was good. I'm not sure if he was on the Nets at that point. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not 100% sure. I'm, but, I remember him more as being a Falcons guy, but... Yeah, honestly, I, I can't exactly remember. I did all my looking stuff up last night, so I might be screwing stuff up. But he was with the Nets. I mean, so that kind of doesn't make as much sense now that we look back on it to take Gary Payton if you've already got a guy like that and you've got a guy who's, you know, maybe not as good but still a really good player in Derek Coleman. But I feel like, I don't know, you really don't know what Mookie Blaylock's going to turn out to be at that time period. So Gary Payton could be a very justifiable pick. Well, and just because you have someone like Mookie Blaylock. Um, I mean, if you look at the 89 to 90 season, um, I mean, Mookie Blaylock is on the team, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, he's on the team, but that, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean he's your starting point. Um, so I'm actually, I'm going to look at that now. Um, to see what their starting lineups are looking like. I mean, obviously, that you know, you're not going to know how he's his career's been for now. Obviously, I mean, it was a pretty decent one, I think, if I'm thinking of the right player. But I mean, you never know how their career's going to turn out. So, right. Well, and you've got. Yeah, what I'm seeing is Mookie Blaylock did start some games, but it looked like Lester Connor was probably more of that starting point guard. Um, so, yeah, I definitely get what you're saying, though. All right. Um, 1991, Larry Johnson gets drafted by the Hornets. Other guys in that draft, you have Kenny Anderson, Hall of Famer Dikembe Mutombo, Steve Smith, and Chris Gatling. Um, I mean, Larry Johnson, again, uh, I'd say more than decent career, two-time All-Star, uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, he was in the league until 2001, averaging six, 16 points, seven point, 7.5 rebounds a game. So, again, not a terrible pick for the, the Hornets, but then again, I mean, obviously, when you got the 7-2 beast in the Kemi Matumbo. Right. Yeah, that's the same train of thought I had. I mean, great. I don't know, great, but, you know, good enough for Larry Johnson, but the Kemi Matumbo, I feel like, is just kind of obviously the better player when you look back on it, so I would have gone with him. Yeah. And I mean, really, I don't see a need for a power forward like Larry Johnson uh, when you have Armin Gilliam, who's putting up 
19 points a game. So, yeah, I, I agree. I take Dikembe Mutombo to replace J.R. Reed, who's putting up not even 10 points a game. So, I think we're pretty much all in agreement on that one. Yeah. Yes. Um, 92, Shaquille O'Neal gets drafted by the Magic. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. Other notables are the Hall of Famer Alonzo Mourning. Um, Christian Leitner, the star at a Duke, Tom Gugliotta, and Latrell Spreewell. I mean, again, obviously, I think we're all going to be in agreements. I think, I think the Magic made the, uh, the correct pick there. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Alonzo Mourning, that's also another pretty notable name in the center position, but Shaq's just better. And um, so Shaq was probably the pick, the pick that I would have done. Yeah, and I mean... You look at the need for center. The year before, the center was Greg Kite, who put up a whopping three points a game. <laughs> so, um, at least in his Magic career. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a need for a center. And like JR was saying, um, Shaq honestly ranks better um, than Alonzo Mourning. And so you take the best available center. Yeah, and... Um... Obviously, and and in Shaq's rookie year, he already averaged twenty three points a game and about thirteen, about fourteen rebounds. So, it obviously shows that that really helped the Magic. Yeah. Okay. Nineteen ninety three, Chris Webber gets drafted by the Magic, but then immediately traded to the Warriors, who had um, picked Anthony Hardaway. So, for all intents and purposes, the Magic got Anthony Hardaway and uh, the Warriors got Weber. Um, other notables, like I said, Anthony Hardaway. Uh, you have Jamal Mashburn, Finn Baker, and Sam Castle. Um, well, personally, I feel like this is one of the ones that we're going to have a little bit more of a debate on because it could have gone both ways. I was grading it as Chris Webber was the number one overall pick, even though he technically became the number three overall pick after that trade. But, I mean, and I'm also going off of the fact that the Magic were the one to pick him. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit skewed to the point of view from what actually happened after, you know, after he was picked. But for the Magic, Chris Webber would have been, I feel like, a decent pick. Now, obviously, like I said, he didn't play there. Immediately traded to the Warriors, he said. But, I mean, Sam Cassell would have been my second-best pick, personally. Now, I might have missed some names going down the list of drafts. There was, what, 36 different drafts we had to look at last night. So, I definitely, yeah, missed some names. But, um... The Magic already had Scott Skiles, who uh, was at point guard and was a former Michigan State Spartan. So, go Spartans. But I feel like Chris Webber would have been a good pick for the Magic somehow if he wouldn't have been traded. I mean, yeah. um, I definitely... You know, Weber is playing this kind of combo power forward center. And, I mean, you have Shaq, so you obviously don't need a center. Um, yeah. But the power forward is Tom Tolbert. Um, 
he's putting up eight points a game, essentially. And you have Weber, who's a five-time All-Star um, and has a career um, point-per-game total, uh, or average, rather, as uh, 20.7. So, I mean, yeah, it definitely makes sense. At the same, uh, at the same time, I like Penny Hardaway being there, um, especially if you can maybe put him um, at shooting guard and take um, the role of Anthony Bowie there. Um, but I do think Golden State got the better end of this deal because yeah. power forward center, the, um, the the Warriors at that point in time had Victor Alexander at center and Tyrone Hill at power forward. Neither of them were putting up more than nine points a game. So I think Chris Webber makes sense uh, for the Warriors, and I think they got the better end of that deal. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. All right. 1994, um, Glenn Robinson gets drafted by the Bucks. Um, Immediately after him are the Hall of Famers Jason Kidd and Grant Hill. Uh, You have Juwan Howard and uh, Eddie Jones. All right, well, well, looking at this, Glenn Robinson, two-time All-Star, I mean, averaging twenty, averaging like twenty point seven points a game and six rebounds. So I mean, again, a pretty a pretty decent career. Although I would have taken maybe a guy like uh, Grant Hill. Just um, I think it's slightly better. He had a slightly better career. So. I mean, I I I like Glenn Robinson, but I just felt like at the time there was a bigger need for a small or a point guard than a small forward. I personally like Jason Kidd. I think he had, I think, I mean, him and Grant Hill had pretty similar careers. I mean, they're both all-time greats. I would have liked Jason Kidd, though. I think he's just, in my opinion, someone I would want over Grant Hill. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Um, I'm going to go with Ethan on this one, and yeah, I would take, well... Yeah, I'd probably take Grant Hill. Um, I mean, just because, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. But um, him versus Glenn Robinson, I, I think that the Bucks recognized that they had a need at the, the small forward uh, position. So, yeah, um, I, I say decent move taking Robinson, but you've got Grant Hill there, so that kind of overshadows it. Yeah. Um. 1995, Joe Smith is drafted by the Warriors, uh, the man with the most generic name in sports. Um, After him are Jerry Stackhouse, um, Rasheed Wallace, Kevin Garnett, uh, the 15-time All-Star, and Antonio McDyess. Okay, well, I'm I'm basically just going to go ahead and say it. I I think um, think Kevin Garnett should have been the first overall pick instead of Joe Smith. And I think we're all in agreement there. Yeah, I would definitely second that. Kevin Garnett would have been my guy. Yes. All right, well, <laughs> I don't really think we have to talk about that too too much more. I mean, Kevin Garnett just had a really good, really great career. So I, I would have taken him. Yeah. yeah. I do, however, I want to bust on the Warriors a little bit here. Because Joe oh Smith... Right, you're taking a power forward, which I mean that's what Kevin Garnett is. 
Um, and I mean, there is a need for that. You've got Tom Gugliotta putting up not even 11 points a game. But I just want to say, whoever was coaching the 94 Warriors doesn't know how to put together a lineup. Because you have a, a forward, two centers, a point guard, and Latrell Sprewell, uh, who can play small forward and shooting guard. So, who is, how is this going to work with your two centers? I just, yeah, I don't know who was thinking about that. You need an actual power forward. Well, put then again, Sprewell down to shooting guard and put Gugliotta down to small forward. Then again, we have to remember the Warriors back then were not the Warriors we know, and I love the strong word, but we know today. The, yeah. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, you should know not to have that many big men on the court at the same time. It's like the Orlando yeah. Magic right now. Exactly. <laughs> My thought exactly. Anyway, 1996, Hall of Famer Allen Iverson is drafted by the 76ers. In that draft class, you have the Hall of Famers Ray Allen and Steve Nash. You also have Kobe and um, Stefan Marbury. Well, I mean, this is a tough one because although Allen Iverson had a a really good career, I mean, Kobe Bryant's there. So, I I mean, I think you have to take Kobe Bryant. Um, I, I would also agree that it's a pretty tough decision, but... I mean, obviously, yeah, Kobe is there, and that, that turns out, I feel like, to be the better pick. But Allen Iverson didn't exactly live out his full career. So I feel like I'm not saying Allen Iverson would be where Kobe is right now today as a respected top three player of all time. But I just feel like there might have been some potential left that Allen Iverson didn't exactly use when he called his career. Well, and Allen Iverson also was a terrible money make decision, money decision person. So, yeah, you don't you don't put that into effect. You don't put that into account whenever you know you think about who you want on your basketball team, unless they're going to go broke. Well, he did go broke. Okay, but like that didn't affect his basketball playing. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but even so, he also was one of the most polarizing personalities in basketball. Um, I would say this was a tough one for me because I like Iverson in this role because it allows you to keep Jerry Stackhouse. And if you can put Iverson at the point, your backcourt is Jerry Stackhouse and Allen Iverson, which I like a lot. But the problem is it leaves you with some gaps up front, um, especially at the forward position. So... Now, Stackhouse can play small forward or shooting guard. So if you put Stackhouse at small forward, move Clarence Weatherspoon up to point, or excuse me, not point, um, power forward, then you can keep Vernon Maxwell at point and put Iverson in at shooting guard. Or you could just take Kobe, move Stackhouse to small forward anyway, Make Kobe your new shooting guard, and it does pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I really could go either way on that. Um, and I mean, you could also probably make a, a case for Steve Nash too, but yeah. Um, 1997, uh, not a whole lot of high profile names here, but the ones that are here are pretty high profile. Um, you have Tim Duncan drafted first by the Spurs. Um, Chauncey Billups is drafted third and hall of famer Tracy McGrady is drafted ninth. Okay. Well, I think the Spurs made the right decision to, um, to draft Tim Duncan, because um, especially early in the career, you had Tim Duncan and David Robson, one of the most scary big duos I think we've ever seen. So I, I thought it was a very, I thought I would have kept that pick in my in all opinion, in all honesty. Yeah, I uh, agree with that. I mean, our uh, basketball top roster of all time, Tim Duncan was my starting power forward. So in my opinion, the greatest power forward in all of basketball history, so... Oh, well, I mean, there's some debate there. No, 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 we already debated that even. Yeah, I mean, I like Tim Duncan here at the same time. Um, in Tim Duncan's rookie season, um, the Admiral only played six games, so there wasn't a whole lot of that Twin Towers, Towers of Power kind of thing going on there. Um, but I do like uh, taking a big man and Tim Duncan here. Because, um, I mean, I'll take Tim Duncan as my power forward over Carl Herrera any day, um, who's only putting up like five points a game. Um, center, once David Robinson comes back, is, is fine. Then you have a, you start to have a decent team here. You could potentially make a case um, for either Chauncey Billups or Tracy McGrady because there are holes at the guard position, but I don't have a problem with Tim Duncan here. Yeah. All right. Um, 1998. Michael Oluwakandi is drafted by the Clips, and what seems like is... The second draft bust that the Clips have made since 1984. Well, well, the, the I mean, I, I just feel bad. No, I don't feel bad for the Clippers. But um, anyway, well, obviously there's a much better uh, big man out there for the Clippers to take, and that would be Dirk Nowitzki. So yeah. I would have taken him. I mean, I feel like there's not just one, but you got guys like Paul Pierce and Vince Carter who could play your forward roles that, you know, I feel like any of those guys really would have been a good pick for them. But overall, I got to go with Dirk being the guy I'd pick and one of the best power forwards, again, in the NBA of all time. So, yeah, I mean... He's a 14-time All-Star, um, probably going to be a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I just, I think the Clips were on the right track taking a center. I just feel like they took the wrong one. And, I mean, Dirk Nowitzki can play either the four or the five. Um, but, I mean, the year before their starting center wasn't even putting up three points a game. Um, so there's a huge hole there. 
I say, honestly, you take Dirk Nowitzki and you make him a center instead of a power forward. Yeah. That's what I would have done, but... Anyway, um, 1999, Elton Brand gets drafted by the Bulls. In that class, you also have Baron Davis, Sean Marion, Ron Artest, who changed his name to Meta World Peace, and um, that's a whole other story. Ginobili. Um, I mean Elton Brand. I mean, two-time All-Star, 19. He was the Rookie of the Year that. I mean. He averaged 16 points a game, eight and a half rebounds. I mean, I mean, he's a solid player, but um, I don't really. I mean, you could take someone like Sean. I would say maybe taking someone maybe like Sean Marion, but just because they play the same position, I think Sean Marion was slightly better. Yeah, that's the kind of road I went with. I felt like. Yeah, that's how I am. Yeah, I mean, I get what you guys are saying. Um, my thing with Elton Brand is that he also has that center upside, which you definitely need when you have uh, a four-point-per-game center in Andrew Lang. Um, so, I don't know. You, you have some big-man problems there. Yeah, uh, I could see Sean Marion. I could also see taking uh, a point guard in Baron Davis. Um, because he'll probably be better than Ron Harper was. Wait, um, wait, Todd, who did you say were the notable names in that draft? What? Who did you say were the notable names in that draft? Because I think we're missing a very notable one. I said Baron Davis, Sean Marion, Metal World Peace, and Menu Ginobili. Oh, okay, you got Manu Ginobili. I didn't know if you got that one. Yeah, I said him at the end. All right. But yeah, I got him. Terry. Jason Terry, that's, yeah, that was the other guy I was going to point out. That's besides the point. That's not part of the video. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we ready to move on to a new millennium? <laughs> yes. All right. Year 2000. Kenyon Martin gets drafted by the Nets. Not a real strong draft class here. The only other quote-unquote memorable names, because they're not even that memorable, are Michael Red and Jamal McGlure. I also said Jamal Crawford, maybe. Yeah. But, I literally almost put him down and then closed him out. I mean, yeah. well, this, this draft class has been viewed as one of the most, like, the least talent, like, the least... One of the most blah. Yeah. So, I mean, this one, I didn't really... I mean, I mean, Kenny Martin had a decent... I just... I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't exactly sure what to go with. I mean, Michael Red is one of the best steals, I feel like, out of the out of the NBA draft ever. I, I went with Jamal Crawford. I just feel like he, he had... Now, i got to be honest, when I went to his pick, the only reason I picked Jamal Crawford over anyone is because he had more points in his whole entire career. <laughs> it really could have gone anyway. Um little fun fact for the uh, sports news, I know there's not much, but Kenny Martin's son did just declare for the NBA draft. I saw that. Academy. 
Um, yeah, with this, I see a huge hole at center for the Nets. Um, so you could potentially make a case for getting someone like Jamal McGlure, um, who is a power forward and a center. Um, you have Stephon Marbury. You don't need a point guard. Um, power forward, you have Keith Van Horn, who's putting up 18 points a game. Um, so I don't necessarily see a need there, per se, for Kenyon Martin. Honestly, I would take the shooting guard, Michael Red. Um, he's putting up, except for the last season he played, he had an average of 20 points per game. Um, and... Yeah, I see him taking over for someone like Kerry Kittles, who's putting up 14.3 points a game. I don't know. That's where I'm at. I feel like you could go any way, really. Yeah. Um, 2001, Kwame Brown is drafted by the Wizards. Oh, boy. Um, other notable names, you have Tyson Chandler, um, six-time All-Star Pau Gasol, Joe Johnson, and Zach Randolph. Well... Personally, Kwame Brown, bit of a bust. Um, I mean, obviously, you got guys like Tyson Chandler and Pau Gasol. However, I would have taken Pau Gasol. Uh, yeah, not, not my favorite Washington Wizards pick. Uh, but I feel like there's, there's some uh, other pretty decent big men in the NBA. Um, Zach Randolph. Pau you know, all of them, they kind of come to mind. I feel like out of all of them, Pau had the best NBA career, so I would have gone with him over Kwame Brown. Yeah, I'm going to definitely agree with that. I'm going Pau Gasol here. Um, you definitely, you need a center. Um, you also need a point guard, really, or, or a shooting guard. Um, but not a whole lot on the table for that besides Joe Johnson. Um, but yeah, I like Pau Gasol here. I don't think Kwame Brown is your answer. Um, yeah, I think Pau Gasol is. Yeah. I think we're all in all agreement right. there too. So. Yeah. Um, 2002 Hall of Famer and eight time all-star Yao Ming is, uh, drafted by the Rockets. Um, other notables in here, you have Amari Studemeyer, uh, Carlos Boozer, and uh, Karan Butler. Now, this one is a bit of an interesting one because Yao Ming did have a really solid career until he got hurt. So, if you, I don't know how you guys viewed it, but I would have personally maybe taken Stoudemire due to the longevity of his career and how he played at a solid level for 14 years, whereas Yao Ming only played for eight, but. Yeah, that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of the big piece whenever you're looking at this draft class. And with Yao Ming is he really, he didn't even play double digit years. Now, I didn't really see a huge need for a point guard, obviously. It's nice to have obviously there, there are guards that can play both guard positions and I feel like that could have happened but I mean Yao Ming did play very very well during his you know short career yeah yeah and I mean 
Yao Ming's career was short. I mean, I feel like part of that is because of his height. Um, you know, the really tall guys, you know, Yao Ming, Manute Bull, Taco Fall, um, Bull Bull, um, those kind of guys, you have to watch out for durability issues. Um, simply, those kind of issues come with being, you know, seven five, seven six, seven seven. So, um, at the same time, though, if I'm not mistaken, Yao Ming was an all-star almost, if not every year that he played. Um, so, incredible talent here. Um, I mean, there definitely is a need for a center. Um, you need someone to to um, replace Kelvin Cato. So, I don't know. I like Yao Ming here. Yeah, you bring up durability, so maybe someone like Studemeyer. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like on a short term, Yao Ming is better. Maybe Studemeyer, but at the same time, by the time Yao Ming retires in 2010, 2011, 2012, in that time span, you have other guys that come along that can take his place. So, I don't know. I like Yao Ming. Yeah. Um, 2003, LeBron gets drafted by the Cavs out of high school. Um, in this class, you also have Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and Kyle Korver. Don't forget about uh, Chris Kamen, the legend himself. What about Dave Blast? Who? I mean, yeah, but none of them compared to, like, Carmelo... Chris Bosch and Dwayne Wade. Um, not even, or LeBron. I don't even have to say LeBron. Well, yeah, actually, it's definitely one of the most stacked draft classes. You know, I mean, not stacked, but it's one of the you know really top heavy talents. Uh, I mean, I would have just, I would have taken LeBron. I mean, obviously, one of the arguably one of the greatest players to ever play the game. So, I mean, I think it was the right pick. Yeah. I mean, he didn't win the championship the first time around, but he did come back and win the championship in 2016. So, and like you said, one of the greatest players of all time. He's in my top three. So, LeBron James, I feel like despite the great talent in this draft, was the right pick easily. I mean, yeah, I like LeBron here. I'm not going to even try to deny... um, the amount of talent he has and how great of a player he is. Um, at the same time, looking at the roster um, for the Cavs in the season beforehand, the two problems I see are, yes, at small forward, but also at point guard um, and shooting. Well, yeah, that point guard shooting guard role, um, I don't know. I mean, sure, you could take LeBron, um, but you, there's definitely someone needs to replace Milt Palacio. So I think maybe you could you could make an argument for taking Dwayne Wade um, and maybe drop him down to a point guard. Yeah, that's definitely an argument. I just think you take LeBron. I mean, I feel like LeBron has... I mean, obviously, he's definitely not the size of a point guard, but LeBron does kind of play. 
he does play a little bit with the style of the point guard. So although you're not getting a point guard, you are playing a guy who can play small forward and pass as good as maybe some starting point guards. Alright, well, I just want to say we are at the 03 and we're at 52 minutes, so I don't know. Do we want to end it here? I feel like we only really have 16 more draft classes and they're the ones that we know the best. Should, so, so you just want to go through it if it's, if it's a little long? I feel like we're going to just crank this out. So yeah. if it's a little long, oh well. Yeah, so yeah, like Ethan said, if it's a little long, we apologize, but oh well, we're going to crank this out and get this done. Okay. Um, all right, 2004, Dwight Howard is drafted by the Magic number one overall. Um, in that class, you also have Devin Harris, Lula Ding, uh, Andre Iguodala, and Jameer Nelson. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I, I think Dwight Howard was the right pick for them, although he didn't stay terribly long with them. I think he was viewed as like one of the best players in the league when he was with the Magic, so I think that was the right pick. Yeah, I like the pick. I mean, you're coming off a tour of 2003. It's stacked draft. It's just one really good much. Personally, I feel like Dwight Howard is one of the best centers from the in the 2000s. I mean, he had a great career, so I like that pick. Yeah, I like Dwight Howard here. Um, your center... At the time was Andrew DeClerc putting up not even four points a game. So I like Dwight Harris, Dwight Harris, Dwight Howard, excuse me. Um, and yeah, I really think this is a magic team that essentially needs another shack. And I think that comes in the form of Dwight Howard. Um, 2005, Andrew Bogut. Gets drafted by the Bucks. Um, other notable names you have Darren Williams, Chris Paul, Andrew Benham, and David Lee. Well, for, for this one, Andrew Bogut, obviously, he had an okay career. Um, I would have taken. I would have taken Chris Paul personally just because he. the career he's had so far, but. That's just me. Yeah, I kind of went a similar route. I mean, Andrew Bogut had a decent run, especially with the Warriors back when they had their historic, you know, five seasons just recently. But I feel like Chris Paul had and is still right now with the Thunder. I mean, obviously, they're in lockout, so they're not playing right now. But, I mean, Chris Paul is still producing and putting up numbers. Now, I did give a little bit of thought to Monte Ellis because I don't really know. He was just a guy that popped in my mind that I yeah. might have that's a similar you know, position to Chris Paul, but otherwise Chris Paul in the end. Yeah, um, I would take Chris Paul here. The Bucks totally recognize the need for a center. Um, I just... I'm not sure that this is the best class for centers. And, yes, you have Mo Williams at point guard. Um, but I just see someone like Chris Paul still being an improvement on that. Uh, this might be one of those drafts where you go kind of the – you just take the best overall player, kind of like 
as as much disdain as it probably gives most people for me to make a football analogy to basketball. I don't know. I see this as like a Ravens draft strategy where they just take the best overall player regardless of whether or not they need him. Um, so, yeah, I would take Chris Paul here. Um, 2006, you have Andrea Barnani drafted by the Raptors. Um, other notables in this draft class, you have LaMarcus Aldridge, Brandon Roy, Ray John Rondo, Kyle Lowry and JJ Redick. Um, I think for the Raptors, I would have taken uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah. Um. Did this first round pick or for number one overall pick was did he have a good career? So I didn't even look it up because I was like every single pick in the two thousands. I recognize his name at least. Obviously, there's some bigger draft busts that we're going to get on to. Some pretty big ones, but I didn't even recognize his name. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he averaged 14 points a game, he, uh, 4.6 rebounds. He was a seven foot center. Uh, played in the league till 2016. So, I mean, did an average career for NBA players, but. Okay, I mean. I, I still went with the Marcus Aldridge. I yeah. Mean, I feel like he had, like, a pretty great career. And, I mean, he's still playing pretty decently on the Spurs. Another guy, so, another guy I look at right now is, well, at Brandon Roy. Had he not gotten hurt, he could, that this could have been a total, totally different story. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly... I see two potential paths here. Um, I could, yeah, you could make a case for LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, and if I picked LaMarcus Aldridge, I would put him at power forward and then take Chris Bosch and put him up at center because you totally have a need at center. Yeah. However, I was looking through the stats for Andrea Barnani and I saw that even though he was listed as a power forward, the few years that he played center, his scoring improved a lot. Like, there were, I believe, there was a stretch of, like, two years where he was playing center, and he was putting up, like, almost 20 points a game. But then, as soon as he goes back to playing power forward, he's down to, like, 13 points a game. So, I don't know. If you take Barnani and you keep him, you, you make him a center and let him stay there, that solves your center problem. Chris Bosch can still play power forward. Uh, you, Mike James is fine at point guard. Your only real problem is Joey Graham at small forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see it. Um, 2007, Blazers draft Greg Oden. Oh, Todd, um, you must love this pick. Oh, I hate this so much. They take Greg Oden over Kevin Durant, Al Horford, Joaquin Noah, and Mark Gasol. Well, um, I, I, I see two paths for the Trailblazers here. You either, you could go with the best player, Kevin Durant, although you're deal, you already have Brandon Roy there. So I don't know how you want to handle that. And I, 
I also think you could have gone if you if they wanted a big man, you could have just taken out Horford as well, and I think it would have been fine either way. I personally, I mean, I said this in our basketball, you know, top rosters of all time again, and I'm referencing that video, but I had Kevin Durant on my all-time roster because he is one of the best scorers at all three levels of the game. So I feel like even though you might have a, what was at the time, promising young prospect, I mean, I just feel like Kevin Durant's kind of, He's the guy I would have definitely gone with without a question. Yeah, I I think we can all agree that Greg Oden is not the guy. Um, I actually, Ethan, if I'm not mistaken, I, I just looked at, um, at Brandon Roy's page, and he was a shooting guard, whereas KD, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was a small forward. Okay, yes. I, would, I would have taken KD then. Um, yeah, because I I probably would have taken KD, um, just because of the raw talent. But you also, you do have a legitimate need at, um, small forward. You have, um, Ime Udoka, who's only putting up about eight, nine points a game. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with what you said. Um, you could easily take Al Horford. Uh, even Mark Gasol and um, put them in its center over um, Joel Pritzbella. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's, yeah, there's a case for both of them. I mean, I, now that I know Brandon Roy was a shooting guard, imagine Kevin Durant and Baron, Brandon Roy on the same team. Well, do you respect, I mean, obviously it was the injury of Brandon Roy, but. Is that really saying that much now that we're looking at it for 2020? Well, right. seeing as he was averaging like nearly 20 points a game before he got hurt, and he was looking to be like one of the most promising young stars in the league. But now it's 2020 and we see what happens. So that doesn't, I mean, back then, obviously, yeah, it does have a big, you know, that, that sounds big, but I mean, I, I just actually don't feel like, I mean, again, I'm still going to Kevin Durant, but I just don't think that whole Kevin Durant, Brandon Royce thing at this point in time in the world makes a big impact. Okay, well, if, if, let's leave Brandon Roy out of this. Um, and even take a look at Zach Randolph was playing power forward. I mean, we're talking about a two-time all-star and a guy who with the Blazers was averaging 16 points a game. Uh, just want to point this out. Out of Michigan State. Oh, God. You're worse than Ethan at this point. I'm just pointing out some of the guys that, you know, have some unsung careers out of Michigan State. Well, why are we talking about this when we're supposed to be talking about, like, the number one overall picks? Michigan State show. I never thought I'd have to say that. I always thought I'd have to yell at Ethan, but now I have to yell at you. I've only said it twice. That's twice too many. (laughs) 
and the one time was justifiable. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, KD, or you could take a big man there. Um, I mean, you you also could take um, a Duke legend, Josh McRoberts. Okay, Ethan, you're really just trying to, you know. Hey, hey, you have to bring up your Michigan State, so I have to bring up my Duke. That's all I'm doing here. I actually brought up a good player. <laughs> Who? Zach Randolph. Oh, yeah. All right. It was actually relevant to this. But anyway, 2008, Derrick Rose was drafted by the Bulls. In that class, you have Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love, DeAndre Jordan, and Goran Dragic. I mean, this is a really tough one because... Assuming, assuming we don't know Derrick Rose gets hurt, I mean, before before this, Derrick Rose looked to be, like, maybe the, the greatest player in the NBA. But that's, then he got hurt. So, looking back on it, and, I mean, Derrick Rose is coming back, so I, it, it, it's a very tough call for me. I, I feel like with how we are now, Russell Westbrook is by far my obvious choice. However, like you said, Derrick Rose tore his ACL and I don't remember what year, but he tore his ACL and his career really changed. And so, although I think Russell Westbrook, simply because of how great of a statistic player Russell Westbrook is my obvious choice number one had D-Rose not gotten hurt I feel like D-Rose before his injury was better is a better leader than Russell Westbrook I feel like he would have been I still really like that number one overall pick for the uh, Bulls okay so Derek Rose got hurt in 2012 yeah he's still with the Bulls um. Yeah, I mean, you can see a drop off in his scoring um, after he got injured. Um, not a whole lot of a drop off there per se. Um, I mean, yeah, Derrick Rose is still a heck of a player. I still would take Russell Westbrook here, um, just based on what we've seen. Um. I did actually think about taking DeAndre Jordan here um, because your center is Jakeem Noah, and I would probably take DeAndre Jordan over Noah, um, but I don't know. I feel like Russell Westbrook is probably going to do more for the team with DeAndre Jordan. Yes. Yeah, I, I could see it. Definitely fair. All right, um, 2009, Blake Griffin gets drafted by the Clippers. A good pick by the Clippers for once. Um, You have James Harden, Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, and Drew Holiday. Well, I mean, Blake Griffin, don't, uh, no disrespect to him, he's a a great player, but there there were better players, and I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at maybe them taking Steph Curry, but. Yeah, I would second that. I mean, Aaron Davis was their point guard at the time. Uh, he was starting to get up in age. I'm pretty sure he was in his 30s by this point. CP3 had not been traded for... Was he a free agent signing, or did they trade for him from the Hornets? Oh. 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure either, but then they also, again, my my boy Zach Randolph was on that team and he was, you know, playing some of his better seasons of his NBA career. So although Blake Griffin did turn out to be a pretty, you know, pretty great player in the end, um, I just feel like, and I'm going to reference the video again, one of my top players of all time, the best shooter, in my opinion, Steph Curry was kind of the guy I would go with, especially without Stephen Curry that seems the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and I mean, you bring up Zach Randolph, um, but after the 08-09 season, he was traded to the Grizzlies. Um because he had gotten suspended for punching someone in the jaw. Um, Machine so, State player right there. I, I, I'm just saying. So, um, Zach Randolph is effectively gone. So you do have a need for a power forward. But the thing is, Blake Griffin was injured the first year that he was in the league. Um, he sat out 9 to... Uh, 2010 so I don't know he doesn't make even if you don't have Zach Randolph you still don't have Blake Griffin to, to fill that hole so yeah I take Steph Curry here um, over Baron Davis um, in a class that has really an abundance of point guards yeah um 2010, John Wall is selected by the Wizards, number one overall. Um, this class also has DeMarcus Cousins, Paul George, Gordon Hayward, and Jeremy Lin. Oh, Jeremy Lin. Um, I was running out of people to mention, and Jeremy Lin, you know, it's Jeremy Lin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this one, I mean... Paul George, I, I'd say, is better than John Wall. But then again, I, I think the Wizards needed a point guard. I think John Wall fit perfectly in the Wizards' system. So, I mean, I want to hear what JR thinks about this as a Wizards um, fan. As a Wizards fan, I really like this pick. I, I wouldn't say I'm a, a fan, but I do like to watch Paul George. But however, however if I'm not mistaken, the Wizards time he did have a decent shooting guard. Their point guard was Gilbert Arenas, who at the time was starting to get kind of old. So I think a young, one of the most athletic point guards I think I've seen in the last 10 years, well, besides obviously the past two years where he's been hurt, in the last 10 years, one of the most athletic point guards I've seen. I really like the John Wall pick. Uh, I actually have Sean Livingston at um, point guard here, but... um, I don't know. Looking at this roster all around, I just see problems. So I don't think you can really go wrong with whoever you pay for me. I'd say it's down between John Wall, um, Paul George, and Boogie. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, you need a center because the center at the time wasn't even putting up two points a game. So, yeah, you can make a case for DeMarcus Cousins. Um, Paul George, yeah, you can make a case. Um, John Wall, you can also make a case. So, I, I really think either one of those three would make an impact on a team that was really just 
terrible. Yeah, uh, I got it. It was one of the uh, not-so-great times as a Wizards fan. I'm looking, I was looking back on the roster. I don't know the exact amount of players that was on that team during the previous year leading up to that draft, but it was far more than there should have been. Huh. I mean, they traded for guys a bunch throughout the season. I, I could have sworn I counted like 20, 22 players that was on the team at the time. I mean, obviously, blockbuster trades happen where you have 20 guys in the team at some point or like at one point during the year, not all at the same time, obviously. But I mean, it was it was a mess in Washington. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> moving along, 2011, we have another um, pretty star-studded um, draft class here. And this seems to be the year of the K first name because you have Kyrie Irving drafted number one overall by the Cavs. And then you have Kemba Walker, Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, and then the two notable non-K names, Jimmy Butler and Isaiah Thomas. I mean, again, I feel like the Cleveland Cavaliers of the, 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 this year were, were like the uh, Washington Wizards the year before. You, you really couldn't go wrong whoever you picked. So, I mean, right. I, I'm i personally, I'm between Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving here. Yeah, I feel like this is kind of a little bit of a hard one for me. I mean, again, you could not go wrong with who you picked. I, I kind of thought they went with a point guard. So, I mean, obviously, I feel like Kawhi Leonard right now, when you look back at it, might have had the best career out of any other guys in the draft class. So he would have been a pretty obvious pick. But if you are looking at the need for point guard that they're addressing in 2011, I feel like you made a case for both Kemba Walker and Kyrie Irving. The thing that puts uh, Kyrie Irving ahead of Kemba Walker for me is the fact that Kyrie did win the uh, 2016 title on a pretty clutch shot for Cleveland. So I think you could really make a case for anybody. But I feel like that's... I just feel like that's one of the hardest, you know, number one picks to judge. And, like, you know. we got, like, I, I think we, I don't know if we mentioned this, but Jimmy Butler's also in this draft. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like, I mean, I feel like when you're talking about the play, I mean, Jimmy Butler's good, don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure I had him in my top players of all time. No, not all time, current. Or, yeah, of current right now. But, I mean, they did address the need for point guards. I feel like Kyrie and Kemba are pretty obvious picks. And then I feel like Kawhi Leonard and Clay Thompson kind of set themselves above Jimmy Butler in the sense that they have both one, not just one title, but multiple. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, think, I think basically if you go any of those guys, you're not really going wrong. It's just... It's like look. It's like looking at the nitty gritty to see who would best fit for your team. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, we've all said it. There are no bad picks really among these guys that we've listed. Um, except I probably wouldn't take Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Um, especially when you have Kyrie and Kemba. Um, I don't know. I I feel like. I mean, we said this too. This Cavs team stunk. Um, 
I mean, they they had one player putting up more than 10 points a game in their starting five. Um, Post-LeBron stress disorder. Yeah, really. Um, and that was actually their point guard. So really, I don't see point guard as the problem that immediately needs to be addressed. I would honestly take someone like Clay Thompson, maybe Kawhi, either one of those guys. Yeah. But then again, there was a significant problem at point guard, too. Just maybe it's not the biggest one. Right, right. Um, 2012, Anthony Davis is selected by the New Orleans Hornets, which then became the Pelicans, if I'm not mistaken. Yes? Okay. Um, Anyway, uh, he's first overall. In that draft, you have Bradley Beal. Damian Lillard, Andre Drummond, and Draymond Green. And I mean, Chris Middleton. I mean, yes, but Chris Middleton's good. What was Chris yeah. Paul still on the team when Anthony Davis got drafted? Um, I don't believe so. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, then I I I probably would have still taken Anthony Davis regardless, but just based on how much of a menace he was for New Orleans. Um, I mean, also, I could see you taking maybe Damian Lillard as well. Um, I feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like I keep on referencing this video, but the uh, top roster of all time and current. But, I mean, I had Anthony Davis that is not only my starting power forward, but in my opinion, the best big in the league right now i mean he was always a guy who pretty much averaged a double his whole entire career and he was just a force inside the paint so i feel like i would have gone with anthony davis i mean bradley beal and damian lillard probably would have been my other picks that i was considering because both are elite scorers i mean i'm pretty sure both of them at one point if not still this season were averaging 30 points per game i mean that's pretty impressive but I still would have gone Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Anthony Davis is the right choice here. Um, the The guy that you had playing power forward at the time was Gustavo Aon, um, and he's putting up not even six points a game. So, yeah, I would take Davis here. You could maybe make a case for uh, Damian Lillard um, at point guard. But, I don't know, Gravis Vasquez was still okay. Um, yeah, that's the way I see it. Todd, your, your boy Myers Leonard's in here, too. Yeah, I just wish he had played like he did in the playoffs last year his entire career. <laughs> anyway, 2013, Anthony Bennett gets selected, selected, uh, selected by the Cavs. Oh, boy. Other notables in this name are Victor Oladipo, Giannis, uh, Rudy Gobert, and Robert Covington. Well, I I personally think Giannis was the uh, uh, the pick there. I mean, because obviously, obviously, apart from point guard at this point, the Cavs pretty much needed everything else. So I would have taken Giannis. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious now that we're looking back on it seven years later. I mean, Giannis is reigning MVP. 
he's led the Bucks to two straight best records in the NBA. I mean, obviously, the season's not over, but you would assume that if it does and if it would finish, that they would be the best record. I mean, he is in the conversation for MVP again. He's just, you know, one of the best players right now. So I would go Giannis. Pretty, pretty simple. Yeah. I mean, I would also take Giannis here. Um, it seems that the... I mean, obviously, you don't need a point guard because you've got Kyrie. Um, I'd also say you probably don't need a shooting guard, um, given that Deion Waiters is putting up 14 points a game, which is eh, but it's it's still better than uh, than some. Really, I see a need for big men here. Um, I'm taking Giannis. You could maybe make a. Um, uh, a case for Rudy Gobert, um, but you definitely you need a forward here, uh, a forward or a center, and yeah, I would take Giannis. Yeah. Um, twenty fourteen, Andrew Wiggins is selected by the Cavs, but within two months is traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, other notables in the draft are Joel Embiid. Nikola Jokic, Clint Capella, Zach Levine. Uh, there's some other guys in there. I mean, are we taking this as... So we're saying how this would work for the Cavs best, right? I mean, take it how you like it. Okay. Um, in terms of the Cavaliers, I think LeBron James and Joel Embiid would be scary, so I would almost take Joel Embiid here. Hmm. I, I gotta be honest, I, I don't know how that would just, I, I just don't know if LeBron James and Joel Embiid would work. I, I just feel like both of them, their personalities, I don't know if they'd fit together. I mean, Andrew Wiggins was a guy who, you know, he had a lot of hype on him coming out of college. I mean, people thought that he was going to be one of the next best players in the NBA, and obviously he's not that I mean, he still is a pretty decent player. I mean, he was, he still is averaging double-digit points per game in pretty much his entire career. Now, for the Cavs, I don't, I don't know about Andrew Wiggins being the guy. I mean, they already had a decent forward at this time. So, I mean, a guy like Jokic, uh, Zach Levine, Clint Capella. I think, honestly. Jokic or Clint Capella might have been the better pick for the Cavs at this time, just because I feel like they're a little bit more down-to-earth centers who would have worked well with LeBron and Kyrie. Yeah, and going back to that, now that I remember it, Joel Embiid did t- suffer... Well, he didn't play the um, first two years of his career due to a foot injury. So, right. So yeah, I, but... now that I'm thinking about it, I probably would have taken Jokic. Honestly... JR, I'm not sure what you were looking at at small forwards, but the way I, I'm i looking at this, they're starting five the year before. You had Alonzo G and CJ Miles, who were both that small forward shooting guard, um, shooting guard type. And Miles put up 10.6 points a game during his tenure with the Cavs. Um, G put up 
8.2 points a game while he was with the Cavs. So I do see a need for that small forward shooting guard kind of guy that Andrew Wiggins is. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking the Cavs should have kept him. Um, I mean, granted, you you trade him and Anthony Bennett so you can get Kevin Love, which is a smart decision. Um but I don't know. I, I feel like Andrew Wiggins would fill a hole there on that team. Um, and I mean, yes, there is a hole at the center position. But um, And you could make an argument for Jokic or Clint Capella. Yeah, I mean, I do agree with you that I think that they, they could have kept him. Now, I am looking at this. Wasn't Lou Dang part of this team? And now he only was part of the team for 40 games and then was traded or signed with the Miami Heat the season after. But he was putting up 14 points per game coming off of back-to-back All-Star seasons. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, if you have Lul Deng, sure. Um, I just, I mean, even so, what position was Lul Deng? He was small forward. Okay, so even then, you keep Lowell Deng there, and then you draft Wiggins, and you put him at shooting guard. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I don't know how much sense it made to trade yeah, trade Andrew Wiggins. Though. I do agree with you on that completely. Yeah. Um, Twenty fifteen, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, is drafted by the Timberwolves. Other notables in here are D'Angelo Russell, Kristaps Porzingis, and Devin Booker. Well, in my opinion, seeing as the I think the Wolves needed a center at the time, seeing as they just they the year before they traded Kevin Love, I think Carl J. Towns was the good right pick for them. Yeah, I mean. I think you can make an argument for Devin Booker. He's a pretty good player, obviously, now. But I just feel like, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is one of the best centers in the NBA today. And I feel like he doesn't get enough recognition because he plays in the Timberwolves. So I think Carl Anthony Towns was definitely at least one of the two best options for them. And personally, probably the best. Yeah, I mean, I like Towns going to the Timberwolves. I could also see Devin Booker. Um, Timberwolves had a need at center, um, as well as potentially, uh, yeah, shooting guard. Um, because um, your your shooting guard essentially is Shabazz Muhammad. Just not even putting up 10 points a game. You stick someone like Devin Booker in there, sure, but I feel like the need for a center is probably better. Um, So I would take Carl Anthony Downs there. Um, 2016, Ben Simmons drafted by the 76ers. Um, Other notables are Brandon Ingram, DeMontis Sabonis, Pascal Siakam, and Malcolm Brogdon. Um. Um, Ethan, you've got something to add on to that, though. Okay. Um, I mean, I think Ben Simmons was the right pick, although he did not play the first year due to injury. I mean, 
look what he's done since then. He's a two-time All-Star. He was the Rookie of the Year in 2017, which was debatable. But, um, yeah, I, I just think he was the right pick there. I personally do not know. This might be a little bit biased because I am not a huge fan of Ben Simmons. But, I mean, yes, he does put up numbers and is an all-star. I just don't think for the 76ers getting a guy like Ben Simmons next to Joel Embiid, you know, two years later. I mean, you see where that's done now. There are people talking about Joel Embiid wanting out of Philadelphia because... And Ben Simmons just don't work. Now, back to what I was saying with the uh, notable players. Maybe I didn't hear you, but if they were going to go with the point guard route, with like if they went with Ben Simmons, Brogdon might be the choice, but I personally like Jamal Murray. I think Jamal, if they were going to go with the point guard, Jamal Murray might have been the guy. Cause I, just, I, I just think that you know Jamal Murray, he wasn't having the best, best of seasons this year. But, I mean, last year, I'm pretty sure the year before that, Jamal Murray had pretty solid seasons. I feel like he just would have worked better with uh, Joel Embiid. Now, obviously, Pascal Siakam was a big help with the Raptors championship the past year. Brandon Ingram, first-time All-Star. I just feel like they were better picks, in my opinion, than Ben Simmons for the 76ers. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I could see um, potentially Jamal Murray or Brogdon. Because, um, I mean, you do need some help at point guard. I don't know. Looking at this starting lineup, um, I don't see a small forward anywhere. Um, you've got Jeremy Grant at uh, power forward, TJ McConnell at point guard, Nerlens Noel at center, Jaleel Okafor also at center, and Nick uh, Stauskas at uh, shooting guard. So, I don't know. The way I see this is maybe you take someone like Brandon Ingram as your your small forward. Um, you put him in there. Then take Robert Covington and put him at power forward. Um, I, I don't know. I would take Brandon Ingram and Robert Covington as my front court. And then get rid of Nerlens Noel and keep Julia Lopefor as my center. Well, wasn't Joel and Beto on the team at the same time, too? I mean, he wasn't he was, playing. Yeah. He was, he, he was, but he was injured that year. I mean, he still would end up having a pretty big impact on that franchise. Right, yes. But even then, I mean, the next year you would be having, I mean, Brandon Ingram, Robert Covington, and Joel Embiid. And that's your front court. Yeah. That would be pretty nice. I would agree. <laughs> All right, um, 2017, 76ers get the first draft pick again, and they take Markel Fultz. Other names in here are Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Bam Adebayo, and Aaron Fox. Um, For this one, I mean, I feel like now that we're starting to get into these, it's, it's, it's starting to get a little too early to tell. But, I mean, Markel Fultz did have some injury problems uh, playing with the Sixers, especially in his, in his first two years, he only played. Um, what was it? 30, I believe it was thirty three. Yeah, he played thirty only thirty three games in his first two years, and that was due to injury. And he's doing. He's actually doing not. He's not doing terrible with the Magic right now. So I mean, 
I, I would I would maybe take a guy like Jason Tatum, but to fill that small forward need. Yeah, um, honestly, this pick has a lot of implication on last draft. I feel like there, if, I mean, I feel like the thing is, they picked back-to-back point guards. Now, is Ben Simmons really a point guard? No, I feel like he's a forward who can pass pretty well. So, I mean, Markel Fultz at the time seemed like a really good pick because he had a lot of hype out Washington, especially, if, I mean, for a guy that really didn't break headlines, I feel like, during the college basketball season that year, coming, I mean, he was like the consensus number one pick. Everybody thought Fultz was going to go one. So there's a lot of hype around him, and I feel like, I just feel like there's a lot of what-ifs, I guess, with his career, because he did get hurt, and then he tried to change his shooting form. That only hurt him more. So... And then, you know, you got the whole Ben Simmons thing where is he really a point guard? So maybe Mark Elfolds could have played and Ben Simmons could have been moved to the four. So there's just a lot of what-ifs. I personally think, just looking on it, you know, two years later, I would have gone probably Jason Tatum because he seems to be blossoming into one of the next big things with the Celtics. I just feel like this takes a little up-in-the-air kind of yeah, I mean, I, I think all of us pretty much agree. I mean, we don't blame the Sixers for taking Fultz over one. I mean, like JR was saying, he had all the hype coming out of college. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's just a, a question of durability there. Um, I mean, you've got Embiid, Will have Simmons there, uh, Robert Covington. I definitely do see... Well, okay, so if Ben Simmons does play the point, yes, you need, um, you don't need that point guard anymore. Someone needs to get TJ McConnell out there because he's not doing anything. Um, but I don't know, I could see maybe taking someone like Donovan Mitchell, putting him at shooting guard. Um, I mean, that's his natural position. Um, over Nick Stauskas, um, yeah, you don't really need a point guard, like I said. Um, their power forward was actually doing pretty well at the time. And then you have Embiid and Covington, so I would probably take Mitchell. Yeah. Definitely fair enough. Yeah. Um, 2018, DeAndre Ayton is selected by the Suns first overall. Um, also in there are Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Colin Sexton, and Shy Gilgis Alexander. Well, for this one, I mean, a lot of people would probably say take Luka. I would actually take Trey Young instead of Luka purely because Devin Booker is your shooting guard, and I don't. I think Devin Booker's good enough to be their shooting guard. So I would have Trey Young, and then you have Trey Young and Devin Booker. Honestly, I don't. I don't really see a problem with DeAndre Ayton being selected first overall. Now, yeah, Luka Doncic's trade might be putting up better, you know, stats. I still think that DeAndre Ayton is and will soon become even better than what he is now. I mean, he's only played what a season and a half of NBA basketball, 
So there's a lot of potential, as with all of these, you know, close to now picks. But honestly, I think I would have gone Luka Doncic. Yes, there is the concern that Devin Booker plays shooting guard. But when you look at Luka Doncic, his all-around game is just, I mean, he's, I think he might be one of the best players when it comes to playing any spot on the floor. Now, obviously, he doesn't have the height for a center, but I feel like you really could put Luka at point guard or you could put Luka at small forward rather than shooting guard. So, I mean, I feel like that would have worked out even with Devin Booker there at shooting guard. Yeah, I mean, I could see Doncic there. I would probably... You could potentially put him at point guard. Um... Because there's definitely a need there. You have Tyler Ulis, um putting up 7.6 points a game. Um, so you need a point guard. I'd say if you want to fill that point guard hole, you take Trey Young because he's an actual point guard. Um, but, I mean, you could stick Luka Doncic there. You could also put him at small forward um, because he's most certainly an upgrade over T.J. Warren. Um, but I... Like JR was saying, I really don't have a problem with DeAndre Ayton here. Well, um, yeah, I think now that we're like... Someone better um, than Tyson Chandler at center. Yeah, I think now, like, we're only like... This is like the second ala- most recent draft. So it's like, again, for a lot for these guys, it's going to be too early to tell, so... Right. Yeah, I mean, I do want to throw out another name, and I know... There might be a little bit of bias in this pick again. But Jaron Jackson was picked by the Grizzlies, and now he hasn't had as great of a start to his career as Luka Doncic and But, I mean, if you put Devin Booker with, I mean, they went with DeAndre Ayton, so they went with Biggs. Jaron Jackson's a guy who can play the power forward center, and he can actually shoot the ball from three. He can rebound pretty well. He's a pretty good shot walker. I mean, maybe he's not the first name that comes to mind when you think about the 2018 draft and who you would have selected number one. But he, I feel like he does provide a good argument to possibly be number one. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Um, and then finally, 2019. The past draft, we have Zion Williamson is drafted by the Pelicans overall um, first. Then you have John Morant, R.J. Barrett, Matisse Thibel, and Taco Fall, just to name a few. You 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 skipped DeAndre Hunter for Taco Fall. Yeah, Taco Fall's a notable name. So is DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter was more of a college star than actually in the NBA, though. Um, are you so so Taco Falls more of an NBA star than DeAndre Hunter is? I'm not saying that, but he's more notable. I feel like. Okay. Anyway, I think this is way too early to tell. Um, the, now there yeah. might there may be some bias here, but I mean Zion has only played 19 games, so we truly do not know how he's gonna be. Um, as of right now, if, if we're looking at Seth right now, I would maybe take John Morant over Zion, but then again, Zion's only played 20 games, so. See, 
although it is really like really early in all of these players in this draft's career, I feel like Zion was kind of the obvious pick. I mean, now you have to take into account that they had some other draft picks that they picked later in the draft. But I mean, they got they they traded AD for Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and a bunch of first round picks. I know Josh Hart was also in that trade, but not as notable. They have Lonzo at point guard. They have Brandon Ingram at small forward. They would go on to draft Jackson Hayes, who is a pretty promising, I feel like, center out of this draft class that could play the five. They have uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker that they drafted, who, again, is a young player they could have played at the two. And they just traded away Anthony Davis for all of those things. So there's a huge need at power forward. While it just so happens to be that Zion Williamson plays power forward, I feel like he just, it kind of just fell into their hands how perfect that situation, you know, And we got to remember, they weren't supposed to get the lottery pick. Yeah, I feel like it was just a bunch of, like, wow, this really just fell right into their hands. For all intents and purposes, every Knicks fan in America thought they were getting Zion Williamson, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. And they ended up getting none of them. They got R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle. That's solid. Uh, doesn't even compare to Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Zion Williams. Well. No, it does not. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be sympathetic for Knicks fans. I'm sorry, I'm giving you the straight facts. It does not even compare. I think, Todd, you gotta go with me on this. I mean, yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, Zion does make sense here. I was thinking maybe John Morant, um, just because... I mean, you said Lonzo Ball at the point guard. I don't know. I I would probably take John Morant over Lonzo Ball. Um, And I don't know. I was thinking maybe Matisse Thibel. But then, yeah, you look at they have Brandon Ingram at this point. And I would much rather have Brandon Ingram than Matisse Thibel. Um, but like we've all been saying, and they would have been it's oh, way too early to tell. They would have been okay at the power forward because they did get Derek Favors after but, but, that. But think about, I mean, Derek Favors is 27, 28 now, so he's coming towards the end of his career. You got a guy who is, you know, one of the best college prospects coming out of, you know, ever. I mean. Since LeBron, well, LeBron didn't come out of college, but, like, you know, people are comparing this guy to the all-time greats, saying he's going to be one of them. And I think, I I personally, I I honestly believe that John Morant, in the end, will turn out to be a better player than Zion Williamson. However, like I said, they have Lonzo Ball, and although Lonzo Ball is not as good of a scorer as John Morant, and as much as I hate to say it, because I am not a big fan of the Ball family, Lonzo Ball is one of the best passers today in the game. So I feel like he's a kind of like a three-point guard in a way. So I just don't think John Morant makes any sense at all for them. They've got a guy like Lonzo who is young, and they've 
you know, he can do what they need at a point guard. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's everything. Uh, we're at an hour and forty four minutes right now. Yikes! <laughs> All right. So we'll wrap this up quickly. Um, hold up, hold up. I do got a short, you know, little question. I feel like this is, you know, just kind of interesting. I know we are at, you know, an hour and forty some minutes at this point, but. It's close to the 2020 NBA draft. Not mock drafts are coming out. People are declaring for the draft. Who you guys got going number one? Oh, um, I, I mean, I I want to say maybe Anthony Edwards or Lamelo. Odd. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna give him the silent treatment here. Really? You're not even going to think? Yeah, it, it's not worth my energy. All right, well, I got, I, I got a little bit different of an answer, Ethan. I mean, I feel like it really depends on who wins the lottery. And obviously it does every year because of what we said at the beginning of the video. The position does have to be taken into account. So if the Golden State Warriors win the lottery, I feel like although Anthony Edwards is right now the consensus number one, James Wiseman makes so much more sense. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I would that. If any other team that's, like, projected to possibly get the first-round pick or the number one overall pick, it should be Anthony Edwards, unless it's a team that jumps high, jumps from, you know, really high that already has a solid small forward. Well... If if a team needs a small forward, maybe you take Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin's more of a power forward, though. He's kind of he, yeah. Well, yeah. Or even I feel anybody other than the Warriors is going to be Anthony Edwards, and I feel like that's kind of set the same. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think I think once I once I know the draft order, I'll be able to make much more of a um prediction. Because I think the um the draft order really. I mean, obviously, like last year with Zion, I think whoever got the number one pick was going to take Zion regardless. Probably. So I mean, it, yeah, and I don't like this year. I mean, don't get me wrong, Anthony Edwards and Lamelo Ball and Obi Toppin, they're great, but they're not really getting as highly touted as Zion was last year. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like they're all still really great college yeah. prospects. However, they're just not, you know, they're not the kind of guy that no matter what, you would take number one overall. Exactly. So they all have their upsides, whereas Zion had an upside that was greater than any other college basketball player you've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, um, I think that's all we uh, we got today. Yep, that was a long one. Yeah, that was, that a, long. was a long one. Thank you for uh, sticking it out with us. Um, if you did, if you stopped listening, doesn't matter anything of what I say in the next two minutes. Um, but um, so this this was a long one, um, but it was probably better to keep it all intact, and we got it done. Uh, we're not exactly sure um, what our 
our next podcast topic will be. We've got some um, ideas, but but we have to discuss. Yeah, hopefully, if I'm thinking about now, to get posted. We're recording this on a, the, a Thursday. Yeah, so we have another. We have another. We have the um, all time thing to still post too. Yeah, we have our right right now the all time and current NBA teams haven't been posted. That'll probably be posted around today when we are actually recording this not putting this out and then we'll probably put this out and i'm hoping at least if our scheduling all works out our next podcast could possibly be that one with our uh, special guest really well if you gotta think about it today is you know we talked about doing it next week or the week after that where we actually interview them so well if we do it the week if we do it the week after that we're gonna have to have another podcast well yeah yeah but i mean if we can get if we can get this in this after this podcast that everyone's listening to right now we could be bringing you guys a special guest all right well i, I guess you're just gonna have to tune in maybe maybe check our um our, our twitter or instagram and there might be some info about that coming soon yes. we need to bring that up too because we now have a twitter page um, I don't have Twitter, so I don't know what it's called, but, um, you guys can tell them what, uh, what our Twitter handle is. Um, I actually changed the name because it wasn't really I just didn't like the sound of that. So I changed it to FFM underscore sports underscore net. I just feel like that kind of might be a little bit better now. Social media. It's a little bit different. Instagram is for the podcast. We're going to be providing the, you know, updates on the podcast. Twitter is more, you know, obviously we're going to be putting stuff like there's a new podcast out, but we're also going to be updating all the like sports things that we might not have time to talk about or just like right there in the moment. Right. So if you want sports news, head over to our Twitter page. If you want podcast news, head over to our Instagram page. Um, I think that's pretty much all we have for today. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Um, so, until next time, for Double FM Sports, I am Todd File. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jeremy Zarek. And we are signing off. See you next time.